You're currently tuned in to Radio Free Brooklyn. This is Lost and Rewound. My name is Alon. And I am Jimmy. It's time to get embarrassed with us. Right now. Yes, it is. Me, Alon, and you. And Starkist Tuna. <laughs> you, Jimmy, and Charlie. I guess if I had to go Tuna, I'd go Bumblebee Tuna. Because saying Bumblebee Tuna is fun. Yum, yum, Bumblebee, bum, yum, oh, yum. What is it again? I just had some Bumblebee Tuna. <laughs> it was delicious. I love a sandwich made with Bumblebee. Welcome. Did we, are we, did we do an intro? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, technically that was. So that, why would you do it for real this time? So, if you've tuned in already, you've, you've probably in. deduced that this is the radio. We do a little banter, we do a little dance, and then we get the show a-rolling. It's a show about tapes. It's a show about your old audio. It's a show about not being afraid to expose your old self in the audio form. It's a show about the past. It's a show about those times you recorded yourself when you thought a moment in history was lost forever, but now you can rediscover that moment. Every week has been a surprising array of who knows what. If you have anything to submit to us, don't be afraid. Lost and rewound at gmail.com. That's an email. That's an email. And this is our segue.
guest this week is no stranger to the world of podcasts. In fact, he's been hosting one on and off since the 80s. Robert Burnham is a Maryland-based graphics technician who began a series called WNOD in 1988. Just a kid with a tape recorder and a vivid imagination. Sound familiar? He joins us from Las Vegas over the phone here in the studio. Thanks so much for being here, Rob. Welcome. Thank you for having me. You made a recording series that went longer than even mine did. I'm just going to pick your brain for a bit. Jimmy is welcome, obviously, to cut it at any one point because I'm enthralled at the fact that somebody out there was doing something of their own creative recording project before I ever did. What spawned WNOD? Well, my folks bought bought us a tape recorder when we were kids, and my brother and I were just play, we're playing around with it. And we're asking ourselves, what can we do with this? And then just out of the blue, we said, well, let's, let's make a radio station. And what do we call it? And we, we ended up naming it after our cat named Nod. I mean, when you're, when you're 10 years old, that makes sense. Sure. So it, it's kind of weird now. But, uh, and then we went from there. We, we, we just mimicked stuff that we heard on the radio, stuff that we'd heard on TV. Like uh, we, we had our little talk shows in there and uh, named the tune and, and we took callers it was it was just a bizarre thing that just kind of it came out of the mind of children. That's exactly what we're looking for here. So we're, we're glad to have you. What oh, uh, you. what radio shows do you remember listening to a lot when you were a kid, or was it that radio or TV kind of equal in terms of what influenced you and your uh, your comedy, your style? Uh, about equal. I mean, you have your general uh, radio guys introducing songs. Um, back as a kid, I do remember listening to the Grease Man. And he would tell wacky stories, so we we copied a little bit of that. And but there were also things from TV, like your typical talk shows, Johnny Carson. Uh, it's Gary Shandling's show kind of built the core of our show because we'd introduce ourselves to the audience and then cut to some little bit or, or comedy thing, and then back to the audience. It was just a lot of things mixed in there. You said your parents were both interested in getting you into this recording thing, and did you have siblings that tacked onto that as well? Yeah, I mean, my parents divorced when I was really young, so my mother was left with the duty of just kind of keeping her two sons busy. So I think she gave us the tape recorder just to keep us occupied, and that, and we just ended up loving it immediately. And we had a, a stepsister came along a few years later. She became part of the show. The three of us did it for a while. My brother stopped doing it when he became about 15 years old. Just um, too my old. Sister stuck with it. Yeah, no. Yeah, he, just, he was too cool for school, so you know. <laughs> Definitely, I, I can recall <laughs> at that point when I when I had all this tape material, and by the time I was fifteen, I'm like, I'm focusing on girls. I'm not going to try to focus on the tapes anymore. <laughs> you have all these tapes. How long were you recording tapes for until you more or less stopped? There's an extensive history, by the way, that I've noticed oh, yeah. online that I can't even follow. It, it's just so long at the tooth. This whole history of WNOD. This is true. Uh, I mean, we started, I, I never could quite figure out the exact day or even like the exact month, but sometime in the late 80s, I would think about 88 is when we started. And we took it all the way through to January of 2001. I do remember that because I came home from college. It was after New Year's. And by that point, it was mainly me and my friend Gabe doing the show. And I told him, you know, we're in our early 20s. We're, we're college kids. We're, we're busy with other stuff. Maybe we should just stop doing this show. And we decided to shut it down. So that's that's about a 13-year run there. Yeah, I mean, that, that easily wins for consistency. But how consistent exactly? I mean, between school, being in high school, and obviously having enough 
things on your plate. That must have certainly been a distracting time to be bothering with recording. It, it was, yeah. I mean, in the early days when we were in elementary school, we were able to crank out about 15 shows within a couple of years. Once I hit middle school, that died off a bit because it just became more about like homework and stuff like that. So it ended up going down to maybe two or three a year. When I finally got to college, it was widely varied. There'd be times where I'd put it, put out two or three in a few months, and then towards the end, there was like a huge one-year gap where I just did nothing. And that was actually what inspired me to, to call it quits, because there just wasn't any time. Just uh, had more priorities. When you had a tape, you used up the whole tape, and you had how many tapes? Uh, I mean, like, was, was each show, I should say, was each show encompassing a tape? Or was, did it spread over uh, like a few different ones or what? Uh, it varied. We'd have shows that would span multiple tapes. Um, it, it changed because when I first started, when I did all the tapes, I had about 100 cassette tapes at the end. And there was a, a, a list of, like it went one, one to 100. But when I went back over them, I realized that half of them just weren't usable because it was just playing music, stuff like that. Right. So uh, when it got down to making them into digital files, I actually ended up merging a bunch of shows and uh, shifting things around a little bit to, to make the, the list that we have now. It varied widely. You did contribute a fair number of clips to give us a peek into the world of Rob Burnham in, I guess, I don't know when this was made, but uh, I have decided that we only have enough time in this hour to cover the real true highlights, and I did want to introduce before we play it the poor and ignorant. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> where did that come? That was sort of like a, like a 60 minute TV interview kind of thing where we decided that uh, we were going to interview a homeless guy. So my brother took on his, his character of balls, which is actually based on a character from the movie, the jerk. And oh, I, okay. I was the homeless guy <laughs> and it just, I don't even know. That's all it was. That's how we went into it. It was just, here's our basic idea. Let's just start recording. There was no scripting. It was just random thoughts that, that came to our heads. It's a beautiful thing. Let's take a listen. Yeah, I'm excited to hear this now. Now he is... The interviewer... The famous... Balls and Howard! Yay! Okay, now they're going to interview the poor and ignorant. There'll be the poor and Okay, we're... This, um... Um, if you, if you want to know, um, Mr. Um, Ignorant, I mean, um, Howard is out for lunch right now, so I have to interview this ignorant person. So, um, what's your name, ignorant person? I mean, excuse me. What's your name? Um, well... People call me, they call me gross and disgusting. So I guess my name is Gross Disgusting. Um, I'd rather call you your name. My name is Mr. Gross. And Disgusting. Uh, well, that's my last name. Well, I don't know my real name. We'll give you a name, Dickhead. You like it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Body part, too. Scientific. Yeah. Oh, wow. Did I see that? Okay. Anyway, what do you want? 
wanted to ask a few questions. Uh-huh. Mr. Ignorant, I mean, um, what's your name? Dickhead. Okay, Dickhead. Oh. Dickhead, what do you like doing best? Well, I watching people walk by a little cardboard house. Got a big cardboard box. And, um, and I've also got, I also like, uh, let's see, uh, I like, um, sleeping. What do you like the best? And so I can tell that you had a very similar vocabulary that I had as a child. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's, as soon as we learned the bad words, they, we just started flinging them out like water. It's crazy. Oh yeah. You know when you're young, this is the same way. The first time you learn them, it's an it's an excitement. You've got a power in your hands. <laughs> That's right. So you were obviously watching enough movies and TV shows that uh, influenced your language yeah we had access to you know whatever i mean my parents would rent stuff and that would be a for adults but they let us watch they didn't really mind how old were you if you can remember that when one yeah i think i was i was 11 and my brother was nine 11 year old robert burnham what is he into or what is is, is it like what his brother is is uh watching and you're just sort of tacking on that or was there like a favorite movie that you remember back then uh, we kept going back to the jerk. My, one of my mom's boyfriends <laughs> left left the tape behind, and we just kept watching it and watching it. And it was it was funny, but also introduces to plenty of uh, colorful language. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't call people ignorant when I was that young, but I feel like <laughs> I used to call people arrogant. So it was probably the exact same concept that I'd learned this word, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be smart and insulting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we actually knew what ignorant meant when we made this tape. We just... We heard it and it sounded like an insult, and we just just ran with it. He's ignorant. <laughs> so <laughs> ignorant. There must have been other kids around who shared their influence, and like the way they were raised was probably more conservative, less conservative. And then you guys were either the, the punks or you were the the straight laced kids, I suppose. Um, I think on the surface we tried to play it straight laced, but once we got close to someone, then the foul language would flow. So. Yeah. If there's one thing that I, if I can predict the way that this show is going to play out for this week, it's going to be predominantly vulgarities thrown everywhere. It will be a vulgarity smorgasbord, the the horn of yeah. plenty of vulgarities. <laughs> yep. But um, but hey, I mean that's one thing that I I wish I had more in common uh, with you is that uh, when. Doing the Danziger Zone, there was always this inclination to keep it as clean as possible. Sure, there was, like, shits and dams and uh, craps, you know, hells thrown around. But if I said fuck at all, like, I made – or anybody said fuck or anything worse than that, I made sure to record over it. So you hear these, like oh. – you hear these very audible – like, over – the words you would censor your own material <laughs> yo 11 12 year old alan was totally censoring himself oh, no way no one's gonna no one's gonna hear that I, I gotta make sure the kids can hear this i mean i know it was a little bit ago it was about a few months ago that you contributed these for me to hear and i'm just curious if there was like a certain secret theme that you have like with all of these or like if there's some certain uh memories that you have with these 
I don't know about a theme, but I was just going for clips that I think uh, highlighted some of our best concepts. Yeah. This short little clip here called uh, The Nerd Hat, which reminded me very much of like a Ren and Stimpy commercial. What kind of cartoons were you watching back then? Back then it was all about G.I. Joe and Transformers. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we check in with, with other stuff like Voltron and Mask, but mainly G.I. Joe and Transformers. I mean, those are the cornerstone. No Thundercats? Yeah. A little bit of Thundercats, yeah. I mean, now and again. Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> so then let's take a listen to what the nerd hat has to say. Get the nerd hat from Coleco. Tested out by the Coleco cat. And it has a big white letters, the word nerd. And when it starts, you just turn the... It, the sign has a light on it, on every letter, so you just press the button inside the hat. So get get the nerd hat from Coleco. Just call 1-800-CODICO-CAT. So who is the other voice there with you? That's my brother, Justin. That's your brother, Okay. Now, yeah. what kind of kid was Justin? You, you, obviously, Rob is the kid who's with the recorder, and Justin yeah. has his own personality. That Yeah, I was the one who kind of ran the show, made sure, every, made sure the tape was running. My brother was very rambunctious. I mean, we were kind of opposite in that way in that I was the good kid who would, did his homework and listen to mom. My brother was the little devil. I mean, according to my mom, they, they had him because I was such an easy child, and they didn't have a third child because of Justin. He was just very rambunctious, very loud, and yeah, it just had this high energy that I that I could never understand. It was the eighty, but it was very entertaining. Yeah, no, it, it, I had kids <laughs> like that um, that I was friends with growing up in Woodstock, New York, and uh, truthfully, yeah. it always felt like that was like the ADD slash ADHD kind of mentality. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, he was he was diagnosed with that. They they put him on Ritalin, but he he didn't like the Ritalin. But yeah, he just he he was one of those. Well, what about the, uh, the whole notion of a nerd in your head? Would you think that you were a cool kid, or did you think that you were a nerd? Um, I thought I was the nerd, and my brother was the cool kid. Uh, I guess just because I studied, <laughs> and then of course Revenge of the Nerds came out, and I went, oh yeah, look, they have glasses and stuff, and they're kind of goofy. That's me. The nerd hat reminds me of like uh, what do you call it a dunce cap sort of deal? Like if that was like as, yeah. a, as if that was a real thing. Like what right? would a ner- like, I'm, I was trying to like it had LED lights. I was trying to <laughs> envision what the nerd hat looked like. Uh, yeah, I couldn't. I don't know. Well, you know, <laughs> if it was a nerd hat, then it's probably coming back in the style now. So <laughs> probably that's yeah. that's that's the deal with that now. Colito? Col- like Cal- tra- Calico. Calico? Calico. Calico Cats. That's what they were saying. <laughs> it was, Calico was uh, the toy company. And yeah. I think that, that, that fitted in with their little cat theme. Yeah, exactly. Like, Calico instead of Calico. You know. Yeah. Instead yeah. <laughs> of like every one of those 80s companies, it was always like, by Nico. Nico. Yeah. And it was like some kind That's of real. weird, yeah, some sort of weird Asian fusion company. <laughs> Did you ever bring the yeah. recorder outside of the house? All the time. Where? Yeah, we were very much on the go. So you obviously took it into school with you as much as you could. Uh, school occasionally, but not not that often. Well, you it were was off- mostly just around the neighborhood. Okay, so you would just like you would take them to friends' houses and like on vacations, yeah. and maybe uh, perhaps on the bus. But then once you got to school, you you kept it in the backpack and didn't touch it until on the way back home. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want anyone to pick on me, so I just kind of kind of was uh, low profile about it. 
incognito. So you were just like Elon in that way. No, no, no. Elon <laughs> well, would like stick in people's faces, and, yeah. then, and then they would then just deal with the ridicule. <laughs> exactly. I I didn't care about what they thought of me because I knew that later on I was going to host a radio show where no consequences would ever befall me. One day... I can respect that. One day they'll see. <laughs> one day they'll respect me. <laughs> there are clips actually like that. I just, I just hope that one day I can record this and then people will listen and... I don't know. I feel like it has some legs. <laughs> Did you? Nice. Uh, and this may be a question I should ask later, but when recording this as a kid, did you have any idea that it would eventually see itself into the late '90s, into the early aughts, and then after college in uh, some form or another? Um, I I kind of had the feeling it would just be an ongoing thing, just forever. So I figured it would just be a permanent part of my life. How many recorders did you have to go through? Oh boy, uh, let's see. Uh, as far as like portable ones, I think we had at least four, and it went. It was weird because as we got new recorders, the quality went down. I guess because just manufacturing quality just went down. I, I don't know why. And occasionally we'd use like a boombox or a like area you'd have on a shelf, just whatever was available to us. But I'd say yeah, as far as portable ones, we had about four. I had uh, a couple of boomboxes, one shelf system. Towards the end, I did, did a little bit of computer work, but that eventually would just end up back on a tape. I'm impressed. So when was the first time that you archived any of, uh, one of the shows? Like, you, Obviously, with the advent of the internet, you were like, I need to get this online stats. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was about, I'd say about five years ago, I just stumbled across this uh, uh, thing called the Ion Tape to PC Recorder. Love it was it. like a USB tape deck. That's what I mean. I live, I live on that. I live on oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when I saw that, I said, wait a minute, I should pull out the old tapes that I had just in the closet. Hadn't t- I hadn't seen them for years. And then I should, I should archive these. I should at least get them on my computer so they're, they're saved before the tapes deteriorate. And then as I was doing that, I thought, well, maybe I can make CDs out of them. And then as I got farther into it, it took, it took literally years. The, the CD thing became impractical. So I said, well, let me, I, should just, I need to find a way to get them online. And eventually they ended up online as a, like a podcast feed. You really are a, just a shade of a lawn on the internet. This is what the internet does. <laughs> it, finds, oh, yeah. it finds all of these <laughs> these different doppelgangers you have. Tell us about Aardvark Ratnik Blows You Up. Oh, yeah. That was my buddy Gabe. He I, That character, I think, was a Looney Tunes character that he just stole. And he just made it his own. Was his name and Ratnik? Then, really? Yeah. It was. Do you remember the Daffy Duck cartoon where he was the superhero? Super Duck, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, that was the best. I love all those <laughs> yeah, and, all those cartoons where they're where they're a superhero for one episode. Those are always my favorite ones. Yeah, that's where that came from. Because he's flying around going, "It's Artvark Ratnik. He's going to blow things up." And I guess that got into my friend Gabe's head, and he just kind of ran with it, and it was just insane. I, so I don't know where it all came from. There was also the one where he used to go to space. Remember that Daffy Duck? Yeah, Duck oh, yeah. Dodgers in the twenty first and a half century. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I always uh, love that stuff. You know that Hitler was in Looney Tunes at one point? Of course he was. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that that actually might be my favorite Looney Tunes cartoon of all time. Daffy the Commando. 
I mean, it would be a weird thing if all of a sudden Hitler was just appearing in, like, every child cartoon. <laughs> like, 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 Looney Tunes, you can write it off, but then you're like, Powerpuff Girls. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. Okay, what? so Hitler's powering up. Not to go into the rabbit hole or the duck pond, shall we say, there was a, a Donald Duck cartoon that featured Spike Jones's The Fuhrer's Face, and that was uh, made during the war where it was pro-America, Hitler sucks, and Donald kicking some Nazi butt, basically. Wow. It was a lot more propaganda, though, than the one that Warner Brothers did. Warner Brothers basically just made a whole episode of Daffy fucking around with some German uh, blackbirds and, like, hitting them on top of the head with a mallet and then, woohoo, 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 running away. (laughs) If you make Hitler the main bad guy in whatever you have, like, Captain America, I, I, he should be the best. He should be everyone's favorite superhero for that reason. <laughs> Hitler's Hitler's the bad guy. That's you know that, that's amazing. Let's let's take let's take a listen to Aardvark Ratnik blows you up. <laughs> I am the evil. Shut them. <laughs> oh my god. I am the evil. I am here to destroy your radio. <laughs> you will listen to foul humor like the one about the chicken. Why did chicken cross the road? I don't know. No, ask my mother. My mother dead. Okay. I have aardvark dressing. I am not Superman. I am here to destroy theme songs and all the theme endings and all the shows. I am sick of all. I am Ivan Kelly. Am I? Am I out of our camera? Let me in. I don't know what I am. But I'm about to find out. Someone's breaking out. I am Shut the fuck up. That's who I am. Shut the fuck up. And I am starting here. Could you keep it down? Sorry. Get the army. Guys, kill the army. Kill the navy. Kill the air force. Kill mom. Well, we said we're going to go to Aardvark Latrix. Mr. Aardvark Latrix. Let's go to Aardvark Latrix. Oh, that's the name of room. Bedroom. Let's see what's going on. Oh, my goodness. Bedroom. This is the bedroom. Get off that. Aardvark Latrix. Here to destroy the world. Oh, <laughs> 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 Well, folks, that was our Rodney. Blow up, Mom. Wait, what? <laughs> Didn't you say you're going to blow up, Mom? Yep. That's, uh, was, did Mom walk into the room at that point? This was just deep-seated blowing up Mom tendencies. Oh, that's just deep-seated <laughs> stuff right there. I don't know what's going on. No, Mom wasn't around. Did she ever hear it at all? No, no, never. You kept these recordings shrouded in secrecy from any parental ears. Yeah, and I think that was the draw. This was our little fantasy world we can just escape to and do our crazy characters, and, and the parents had nothing to do with it. You never had any inclination to get them on the mic whatsoever. Well, you know, my father did appear occasionally, but he never heard the stuff. I just said, hey, Dad, talk be funny. <laughs> Um, I think my mom was on there once, but that was just because she was driving the car and sure. we were in the backseat recording. Proxy. But yeah, my, my dad would show up once in a while and just say something goofy. Yeah, then a good question is, are you Facebook friends with your parents? Yes. 
So the, the walls of walls are getting broken down as time rolls on. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's probably why I don't use Facebook very much. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> when the show came to be seen online, were you utilizing social media to put the word out about this podcast before podcasts even became a thing? We had a website towards the end of the first run, like around 99, 2000. And it was, it was I think it was a GeoCities, something like that. And it was just our show. And we only had 10 megs of storage. So we had to put these tiny little compressed clips on there. I remember and that, I guess that was kind of an early podcast. You know, it absolutely was. Yeah. I liked radio, and I think this was just my way to act out that fantasy, as I'm sure a lot of us feel the same way, or, or did, used to at least. But you never wanted to get into radio as a profession? I did. In fact, when I went to college, after I failed out my first year in engineering school, I went back to another school, and I said, well, you know, I, I, like, I like radio. Maybe I could do that. Or I could do graphic design, and I ended up going to graphic design. I mean, I guess I still harbor a, a fantasy of going into radio, but at this point, radio is just much different. Definitely. Some sort of broadcasting. Yeah, it's, it's still there, still in me. Yeah, there's no one in this room that fantasizes about radio. Yeah, there's something that's been, that's been burning in my mind since you mentioned it, <laughs> and I have, to, I have to go back. It's GeoCities, dude. We skipped right <laughs> over. We skipped right, skip right over. Talk about GeoCities. Some, how in, I was just thinking about, because... You know, I always like to think about the time frame when you're doing this sort of thing. I mean, obviously childhood, everyone can think back to childhood, but I always just think back to the innocence of the 90s and the fact that you were trying to get these clips out on the internet when... <laughs> Do you remember how primitive the internet was back then? Do you remember when you were, like, building your page, how you'd put a little under-construction guy, like, digging dirt on the page when you were halfway yeah. done? You were like, don't worry, guys. It's I, coming. I'm, it's, it's coming. It's, it's halfway. <laughs> like, I'm going to let everybody yeah. know, all, like, ten people that are looking at this page, that we're, we're getting there. And then there would be, like, the little little clicker on the bottom that would tell you how many people had visited, and you would, like, religiously check that. I guess that's the equivalent now of getting likes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's all we had. I mean, back then, there was no, not even an idea of putting a whole show up there because we just didn't have the storage space. So just getting a few clips, and then someone might send me an email and maybe I'll mail them a tape for him and they can pay me a dollar. That's about as far as ahead as I thought. Oh my God. At that time. Dude, you're in that, that you're a capitalist in all the best ways. <laughs> I, if only I had the chutzpah to be like, I will send you a copy of this tape <laughs> of which has the worst possible name of any tape. And you only have to pay a dollar. Only That's a dollar. Right, one dollar. Never one. sold a single one. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, it should stand to reason that it's very difficult to get a reach for the unaware masses that there is somewhere out there a tape that you could hear with kids' voices swearing into the microphone. I mean, people right. watch a lot of weird stuff on the Internet. Yeah. Well, I'm sure if you went on Craigslist now, the, the game is definitely up for grabs. But back then, Craigslist was not even that creepy. Weird. <laughs> I think the yeah. internet, the internet was creepy back then. It just wasn't. It wasn't public knowledge how creepy it was. It, I actually saw a great quote, which was, "Is it that places that didn't get internet before are now with web access, or are people just getting genuinely more ignorant as we get more technologically advanced?" I think it's the mm. former. I think it's just the fact that places that all the way out in Bumblefuck, um, wherever in the United States, 
getting an internet access, people are like, oh boy, now I get to espouse all my crazy views. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're looking yeah. up so much. I mean, maybe the occasional, you know, Google search to find something out, but there's not like there's no there's not like research going on. It's not like people in in you know in the middle of nowhere are like oh now I can finally like get my doctorate at home and I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna build up you know my own company here in the in the woods and <laughs> no they're just exactly. like oh now I can watch I can watch The Bachelor now. <laughs> there's a clip here with the name Gorbachev in the clip. I'm not gonna go further about the details of it you know what it is and uh-huh. i don't know if i segued it perfectly but going on that political sphere what did you guys know about politics at a young age um i didn't know much i mean i knew the name of the president i knew who gorbachev was just my you know you see your parents watching the news but i i didn't have anything beyond i just knew the names uh, i think my friend gabe was a little more connected i think his parents were a little more political, probably throwing that stuff at him at a young age. So he was a little more plugged in. Is Gabe the one that we're about to hear who's doing the impression of Gorbachev? Yeah, Gabe, he's, he's a, he did Aardvark Ratnik, and now he, he transitions into Gorbachev. <sighs> See, we got Sonic the Hedgehog, and then here we got uh, Stalin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, I need not lead this in anymore, but uh, I definitely have a lot of questions about this. All right. Stop. Match Vicks. I'll tell you when. That was that 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 He was here to destroy the world. But not anymore. We gave him the super pill for the anti-terrorist destructor dominator. I am President Gorbachev. No. I am, this is for President Bush. And Dukakis. Or Dukas. Or Quillis. Whatever the fuck he wants. So... I am here to tell you we are about to invade your country. Country. What do you mean you can't understand? I say country. Country. World. World. What? Country that is not Pictionary. Country, I said. We have nuclear missiles and weapons. We destroy you like boom. We go boom, boom to your place. And when we go boom, boom, you go bye-bye. That's in the garbage off. What is it? The United States is aiming their missiles at us. They are? Uh-huh. Well, we only have one alternative. What's that? Kill them all! Kill them all! And give me some more cocaine. Please! More! All right, you don't have any more? Give me more! More! Uh, stop taking off my pants. What are you doing to me, you woman? Woman! Stop! Oh. Don't stop. No stop, oh. Oh my god. Oh my god. He rubbed my god. He my god. My god. He squeaked. My god. No more god. God. Oh my god. My fucking god. Oh, I've got to get another artificial gutter. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's one for the highlight reel. Oh, well then. <laughs> well then. Um, <laughs> I was just, uh, when I was a kid, I, I used to um, do fake pictures where I would edit friends of mine into, um, what do you call it, um, 
propaganda posters like <laughs> as Stalin. <laughs> oh, okay. wow. This is a side of Jimmy Hoffman I didn't add, know. Add giant mustaches to people and like planes behind them. Yep. <laughs> right when MySpace came out, I was like, yeah, his MySpace picture you was really cool, but like, wouldn't it be a lot cooler if you were like subjugating a whole entire race of people at the same time? <laughs> Let Jimmy Hoffman draw you a meme. Around the same age, I think I was like 11 or something, I had come up with this idea of like how uh, it was like a step-by-step plan for world domination. It was the most ridiculous off-the-wall like kid thing like that the same way. And I remember I wrote it out and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to all these sperm banks around the world. That was the one idea. And then I would donate to sperm banks like in 20 different countries. And then I would have some sort of code to be able to like 30 years later get all of my children (laughs) To be my my soldiers around the world. Wow. <laughs> that is a very detailed plan. I was I just remembered this. It's like you remember like this childhood inanity kind of thing, you know. And I was like, oh yeah, that thing of like, oh, I thought it'd be really goofy to be like a childhood dictator. I had no interest in world domination. Uh, when Gabe joined the show, he brought this kind of weird. I mean, you heard just this. I don't know where any of that stuff comes from, why he, he thought he wanted to take over the world and blow everybody up, and, and, and there was just a lot going on there. He did cocaine. I don't I didn't yeah, even know I was what gonna that was say, back then. So, so the, uh, the, the notes that I have are um, he mentioned Bush, Dukakis, and then changed yeah. it to, to Dequitus <laughs> for whatever reason, and then you know Gorbachev, and then he mentioned cocaine, and then Gato, of which... Gato obviously is cat, but he's referring to his cat like it's phallic. So exactly. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, look, none of this has to make sense. I come from the world where I was becoming uh, a skeleton, a dinosaur, or a Jewish star necklace. So. I like how you were trying to, to to explain and figure it out. You're like, so I'm pretty sure the cat is his junk. <laughs> yeah, and there's it's, logic it, hidden in there. And then he, he says how he needs to get a replacement one because it's synthetic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah political humor knows no era i feel like it's timeless we're you probably were reading just as much mad magazine as we were when we were kids oh yes definitely the characters impress upon you so distinctly that you cannot help but think about certain visuals that just pop into your head and if you're not watching SNL, which you probably are, or watching Mad TV, if you're of a younger generation in Living Color, just the same, you're watching variety shows. You're watching these comics. You're 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 influenced by visuals and sounds so much, and it just impresses upon you because you just want somewhere to do it where it's appropriate. So, what better place to do it than in the confines of your friend's recording series? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it just sounds like it was a way, I, I think it was a way for my friend Gabe to just kind of unload his, just everything he saw at home. I, I even asked him about that. I said, where did all this stuff come from? And he just can't remember because it was so long ago. What is he doing now? Now he's working as an IT uh, administrator over in Maryland. So he's he's still out in Maryland. Yeah. I, I was the one who left. So he's still there. What made you leave? Um, I mean, I left a couple of times. I, I mean, when I left Maryland first to go to college and then a second time to go to college over in Chicago. And then, uh, when I got back to DC in my mid twenties, I didn't like the job market there for a graphic designer. My college roommate, Greg, he said, Hey, come out to Vegas. There's like a ton of jobs here. So I quit my job and went and I was, and that was right around the time I had met my wife before we got married. Nice. I said, Hey, 
want to go live in Vegas? And she's like, yeah, sure. One city as good as the next. And then here we are. It's a good attitude. I feel yeah. like the best reason to say you left Maryland, someone's like, oh, why'd you move to Maryland? You'd be like, I got crabs. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Had to go. <laughs> Came into Maryland, got crabs. That was that. I, 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 I will say, though, uh, I, for whatever reason, don't ask me why. I was on a kick of looking at state flags recently. We may cut this, but Maryland's... Maryland, <laughs> don't, don't let anyone know about that. Maryland's state flag is easily cooler than that of Nevada's. Nevada's looks like a freaking T-shirt that was, like, put in the wash, and then when you took it out, it was all dirty still. It's like a vintage tee. The Maryland one looks sort of like, um, an old, an old British, like, this is my, this is the flag of my castle kind of flag, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You would think that Nevada, in all of its history and all of its glitz now, would have probably something a lot more prominent and whatnot, but no, yeah. it doesn't. It says Battleborn. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> It looks like a T-shirt, though. Like it looks a polo like, shirt. It, it definitely looks like a polo <laughs> shirt. Yeah, but it should be that part, the other the other corner, right? What's it like working in Vegas? I mean, obviously, as a place to visit, it must be something. But working there takes a lot of stamina, I guess. Unless you're not really into the whole nightlife. I'm not. I'm not into the nightlife at all. Um, I might live out in the suburbs, and I commute. My my job is four miles down the road. I never actually go to. Uh, the strip whenever I have to go to work. We'll go down there occasionally to try a restaurant or something like that, but I don't have to go down there if I don't want to, and it doesn't interfere with my work. So it's actually a pretty quiet life out in the suburbs. That's reassuring to hear. My wife has always been bothering me to go to Vegas, and I'm just telling her, you want to go to Times Square in the West for how long? (laughs) No, it's definitely not that bad. It's It's not as bad as Times Square? No. I take your word for it, sir. I mean, yeah. I've never been to L.A. either, but uh, I, oh. I have horizons to develop here. We got we got naked cowboys. I, I, I don't know what everybody's got against Times Square. I got nothing against it. I just I know what I'm getting when I go there now. I walk through it every day by choice. Yep. We have one more clip to go, and the title of this is Educated Children. You were an educated child. Uh, and sure. Uh, evidently, you were surrounded by uh, folks growing up that uh, – came up as educated as well. But um, why the title, Educated Children? Um, because we were, that was right around the time we started getting our, our sex education. Although when I think I called it Educated Children, perhaps there was, there was a hint of sarcasm there because we were just so wrong about stuff when we were talking. I see. I look forward, yeah. I, I look forward to what this is. Jimmy, are, are, are you ready to be educated by Educated Children? Oh, the things they say. Let's, this is this is definitely kids say the darndest things. Let's take a listen. Did you say Robert is cool. An S cool. A butt white. Robert is red, but so much to say for his ass. It's been a long time Yeah, like... Ah! 
No, not nice things, mean things. That's Lisa smells Michael's smells Michael's breath and dumped him. That's why. And he looked at that cheap little ring that Mike gave her and said, You're so cheap you can afford a free sample. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, you probably got it out of one of those gumball machines. When's the last time you pissed in your pants? Um, yeah. Never, 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 never. never, never. never. Never, nigga. Uh, Rob, Rob started pissing on his pants. Never. Michael started pissing in his pants when he was two, and he is two. Ah uh, ha ha. So fuck I enjoy it. No, you see, Mike, when you get old enough, like when you're, when you're 11 or 12, one night you'll, you'll, you'll think you're peed, you wet the bed. But you really, sperm. you didn't. Because you ejaculated. You ejaculated Robert's cuss. <laughs> well, you should have learned it. I didn't bullshit. I didn't. Who oh, bullshit? Because cause I have breasts. I have big That's breasts. That's what Michael said. And I, like when you wake up, you're under... No. You know how when you're in the car and you sleep... Yeah, because Mike pees in his pants. You know, sometimes, you think you're sometimes when you're looking, when, when you're not you're looking at a sexy movie, you get so horny, you get a boner, you're pissing your pants. When Michael gets a, well, Michael gets horny over looking at Betsy dressed in her winter coat. Champions? I know. I know. And, um, I probably do want to end up. Have sex getting a child, I'd probably end up pissing in the lady's face. I'll say, Ah, sir. You're, you put your insert into her hole. Is that when you. <laughs> and then, you know, and then when I was when you take a piss in your baby. Yeah. You know, when I'm on a trip, you sleep in the car. You see, when I wake up, I have, my, my collar around here is so, it's wet because I lean my head over and saliva was getting on it, probably. Mm-hmm. Once I had pee coming out of my ass, it felt like pee, but it was really dye-dye. What's yeah. dye-dye? It's gas. It's juicy. <laughs> it's juicy it's farts. Yeah. It's juicy farts. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time, one time, I was at my grandma's, I don't, I don't remember, I actually took a, a took a big Hershey squirt in my, in my pants, so I went to the bathroom, I took my underwear, there's all this shit in the underwear, all this Hershey squirt. I know, I know the feeling. And so I took it, I wiped my ass with toilet paper and threw my underwear away. <laughs> I'm just surprised that kids actually want to talk about these things amongst each other. Well, we were very open-minded kids, I guess. Clearly, clearly. <laughs> to share. I learned. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. An- another thing I think that we haven't talked about in a while on this show 
was what our idea was of sex and just you know how we processed information about the human body and our you know our developing selves and how we just were so giggly about it because that was something that we did not really grow up learning about in the house generally speaking most houses that was never talked about and then it took the school sheepishly having to you know force it in some kind of a pc way that didn't make us all giggly but of course that did not work did you watch the miracle of life in school i don't remember what i saw in school but you know what i'm talking about right uh, probably. It's pretty classic. Pretty classic health class fodder. It's a video of a, of a child being born. Mm-hmm. No cuts. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, literally and figuratively. Let's just say when I saw it, I was like 14, but I wasn't ready. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you were only – you were 14? They show it to kids younger than that, I feel. Sex ed came to uh, our school when I was in fifth grade, so yeah, I definitely I had, learned I had about sex stuff. ed in middle school, but they didn't show us that video of a being, baby being born until high school. And then uh, I, I, like, I couldn't handle it. I had to leave the class. Really? And then I got in trouble wow. because I was like, I had to watch. Me and I think possibly Zach was in the class, too. We were just like, oh, God, no. <laughs> we just... <laughs> and then I think they thought we were like we were making it a farce. It was we just were we were uncomfortable. Let's just put it that way. Wow. In the sixth grade, I got I got the terminology, which is what spawned the tape we just heard. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until I think 11th grade, 10th or 11th, like late, late mid to late high school, where they started showing us the videos. And I think that's when we saw that Miracle of Life video. And they they showed the whole thing they even showed uh, there was there were camera shots of internal things happening it was just bizarre and i stayed and watched it but i i, I was a little perturbed <laughs> yeah I, I feel like i never got the talk yeah mm. i remember when i was a kid my father coming to me at one point and saying don't get a girl pregnant but that was like the extent yeah. of it yeah, like, yeah to the point he just yeah he was just like don't do it don't. He didn't. He didn't like give me any real advice. It wasn't any like, you know, these are the steps you'll take or where it was nothing. It was just that's a bad idea. You don't want to do that. And I was like, no explanation. It was good enough. I I took his advice at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, sure, Dad. All right. I, I heard a lot of voices in this clip. Uh, Jimmy could back me up on this. This seemed like you had at least like five different people that were here in the room. Uh, no, just three. It was it was me, my brother Justin, and then we brought in our neighbor friend. Uh, his name was Michael. He was only on. I think he was just on this episode, maybe one other. That he was a, a rare appearance, but he was the one who was really screaming and and making the high pitched noises. Yeah, he was interesting. He wasn't brought. <laughs> he wasn't invited back. He wasn't, yeah, re- wasn't a recurring yeah. guest because he didn't get the, uh, you know, the etiquette. This is probably the most graphic that it's gotten, uh, probably from all the clips that uh, you provided to me, and from what I've heard in the past, uh, just from my own independent listening. It seems as if that uh, <laughs> this is the most graphic clip we've had on the show. We say, I think probably. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I mean, wow. Radio. I, I got to thank Radio for Brooklyn in general for giving us this platform because you know we have a lineup that includes a show about porn so it really should not be a surprise that we can get away with talking about feces but we and have to, food uh, we do have to apologize to all of the uh, our listeners with more tender ears if talking about hershey's and excrement in the same sentence is disturbing <laughs> to you 
we sincerely apologize for making you lose your voice. It's disturbing to everyone. That's the that's the deal. Well, we can always cut that out too. We don't have to play the whole thing because that it's... was that was definitely the the highlight of the clip, though. Yeah. <laughs> so we won't cut wow. it. Is what you're saying? Wait. So this is what you call a quandary, right? Now you've got all these clips. You've got all of them sort of kicking about, and anybody could hear them online. Where do you put them? You just have them on iTunes? Yeah, I, I set up a, a podcast feed that has every episode we've recorded. Um, and from from 88 to 2001, ended up being 50 episodes. And there's a, a smattering of side projects on there as well. But, it's yeah, it's online. Any kind of podcast app, you can just type in WNOD and we'll come up. And it's, it's all there. Really intrigued at the fact that you decided to revisit the podcast form from your child days to being that of being an adult. How did you manifest the way that WNOD began into the way that it became an adult podcast? When I quit it, I, I was happy to be done with it because I just had so much other stuff to do. But I... Every now and then, I would kind of miss it. I, I missed having a platform just to spew whatever was on my mind. And as the world of podcasting came to be, at one point during while I was when I was making these shows into audio files on the computer, my my friend at the time, uh, this guy Greg, he said, "Hey, we should do a podcast. We're you know we can have good conversations." And I thought, I was like, oh, maybe I don't know. I'll think about it. Um, he moved away before I could actually act on that, but it definitely planted the seed. And I just started writing down topic ideas and keeping a list. And eventually I, I came across a couple of people who I thought would be a good match. And I, and I asked them, say, would you want to do a podcast? We're just talking about general stuff. And they said, yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. And about a year ago, we, we brought it back. I, I was going to call it something else, but frankly, I just couldn't think of a better name. So I said, all right, I'll, uh, I'll resurrect WNOD and just kind of go with it. And if the name doesn't make any sense, well, who cares? It's just a show. It's a perfect ethos to live on, and uh, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us and bring uh, your world to ours. And uh, now that our worlds have met, uh, I feel a lot more complete, at least. <laughs> yeah, thank you so well, much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, exactly, and and colliding world, worlds colliding. <sighs> oh yeah, because <laughs> this is what it's like when worlds collide. Robert Burnham <laughs> on Lost in Rewound. Thanks so much again, Rob. Thank you for having me.
that's our show. That was pretty incredible. So if you haven't already, first of all, please go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge and give us the monies we need to make everything go just even more swimmingly. And if you want to contribute to us directly, please go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash L-A-R. We'll accept any contribution, be it $1, $2, $5, $10. If you go to the pledge page of which I mentioned, RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge, you can get all sorts of amazing perks for whatever you decide to contribute. And we actually have a fundraiser that Jimmy's going to tell you about coming up. Yes, that's right. This radio station is not just on the sound waves and the airwaves, but it's real people. And you can interact and interface with these real people. There actually is an event September 10th at 8 p.m. That's a Saturday. It's the Back to Cool Fundraiser Rock Concert. There's a lot of great bands. They've got Deadleaf Echo, Falling Birds, Drew Cutler and the Heart and Hand Band, Amos Rose. They got DJs, prize giveaways, drinking, dancing, just a ton of stuff. All going to Radio Free Brooklyn, all the proceeds. And it's located at Union J Loft. That's 338 Moffitt Street. That's M-O-F-F-A-T Street, Bushwick, L train to Wilson Avenue. Mm-hmm. Got to be 18 or older and 21 or older if you want to get the booze. Get the booze. And tickets are 8 bucks or 10 bucks at the door. If you want to get tickets in advance, please go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash fundraiser. Otherwise, fork over that Hamilton at the door. <laughs> Hamiltonian. Thanks so much for being here again this week, and we look forward to having you listen to us at 3 p.m. next Thursday. Right here, Radio Free Brooklyn. Get on me. Mother bugger.